Welcome to The Greek Current, a podcast by Halk and Kathy Merini. I'm your host, Thanos Davelis. Since the tragic earthquakes in Turkey, it appears that a sense of calm is prevailing in the Aegean, at least for the moment. That has led to an improvement in ties between Greece and Turkey and a decrease in threats and provocations from Ankara. This is raising the question in diplomatic circles over the possibility that this moratorium on tensions could lead to substantive dialogue following the election cycle in both countries this May. Professor Kostas Ifandis joins me to look at where Greek-Turkish relations are today, break down whether a substantive dialogue with Turkey following elections is a realistic prospect, and look into what role the U.S. can play in this discussion. Kostas Ifandis is a professor of international relations at the Department of International, European, and Area Studies at Pandion University of Athens, and has previously served as director for research at the Policy Planning Center of the Greek Ministry of Foreign Affairs. Professor Ifandis, great to have you on The Greek Current. Thanks for joining us. Thanos. Thank you very much for having me. Professor, prior to the tragic earthquakes in Turkey, Ankara was dangerously escalating tensions with Greece in the Aegean and the Eastern Mediterranean. Today, there appears to be a moratorium on tensions, and even some signs of improving ties. How different is the current climate from that before the earthquake? Well, there is no doubt that the earthquake was a turning point, okay? A black swan. Since that day, since the 6th of February, the atmosphere in the Aegean, the atmosphere in Eastern Mediterranean in general, is one of you could say absolute calm, and this is not an exaggeration. If you remember, before the 6th of February, not one day went by without a threat or an insult from Ankara. Warmongering was the order of the day. And more importantly, the daily activity of the Turkish Air Force was one of operational brinkmanship with constant violations of Greek airspace, with overflights of the Greek islands. And now it has been almost two months without a single provocative statement and with an almost zero activity of the Turkish Air Force. Even in Cyprus, there seems to be a pause, a pause of the illegal activities either at sea or on land. So yes, the climate is quite different. And it produces expectations. And getting to those expectations, you know, there are discussions in diplomatic circles in Athens that there could be a substantive dialogue with Turkey following the upcoming elections in both countries. How realistic is this prospect? Well, indeed, the question is how realistic are these expectations uh, I refer to. Of course, in order to start things about a, a rapprochement of some kind, you need a calm atmosphere. You need a period of of tranquility, if you like, in order to start building some sort of trust in political capital. I believe there are two drivers that we should be looking at. The first one is the election in both countries. It is a very good thing that the relationship, the tug of war between Greece and Turkey, won't be part of the election debate, especially in Turkey. If that holds, if that's the case, then we could imagine a momentum building in Ankara and in Athens, especially, you know, an expectation that the new government in Ankara will continue down that road of de-escalation. But we should not be naive to think that the tension between Greece and Turkey has only been the result of a, how can I put it, a bad moon. Okay, it was the product of actual policy designs on the part 
of the Erdogan regime in Ankara. And it is those policy designs that have poisoned whatever good atmosphere was before 2017, 2018. So yes, it is not very realistic, but it is there and we shall see whether it holds or not. There have been two key developments that have taken place since that time period you referenced, you know, 2017, 2018, including Turkey's illegal MOU with Libya and Ankara's decision to raise questions about the sovereignty of Greek islands, linking them to issues of demilitarization. Are these positions that any Turkish government, you know, be it Erdogan or the opposition, can walk back? And without addressing this, can there be substantial dialogue? It is exactly those policy designs that I referred to. And it is very hard for anyone uh, third, not in Greece only, to accept that a sustainable rapprochement is feasible under these conditions. Conditions that came about because of Ankara's irrational positions. However, Athens can and should agree to a restart. Modes of contact can be agreed upon and channels of communication can be reopened. I believe that in strategic terms, as well as in terms of tactics, Athens can re-engage Ankara, provided the current Turkish behavior lasts. So if we continue to have a moratorium of aggressive language, if we continue to have a zero activity of Turkish Air Force in the Aegean, But otherwise, there is no reason for Athens not to respond. Anyway, this has been the Greek position throughout the crisis of the last four years. It was Prime Minister Mitsotakis who said that as soon as Turkey stops its provocative posture, Greece would be ready to respond, would be ready to start communicating, would be ready to start talking. There's an obvious interest, Professor, from regional actors like Egypt and Israel and Greece and Turkey having substantive talks, both are currently on the receiving end of Erdogan's so-called charm offensive. Now, what role do you see for countries in the region in this process? This is a very, very interesting question. Over the, the previous three to four years, Greek diplomacy has been rather successful in showing, in demonstrating that Turkish revisionism and Turkish regional overreach is a destabilizing factor par excellence. And that's true. This has allowed Greek positions, Greek interests, and Greek policy preferences to align with those of very powerful and influential actors in Eastern Mediterranean and beyond. It is what I have termed Greece's strategic coming of age, a very sophisticated, for Greek standards, external balancing strategy, which raised the stakes for everyone involved and limited, to a certain degree, Turkey's room for independent maneuvering. For the last two years, Ankara has been working very hard for a comeback. In some quarters, this diplomatic drive has been successful. In others, like Egypt, for example, not so much. The fact of the matter is that Ankara's charm offensive, as you characterize it, will acquire even more impetus after the election in May. They will be even more active in trying to improve uh, relations with a series of regional actors. And it will be part of a, a diplomatic momentum that we have been witnessing at a regional level, especially in the Gulf. 
We have the rapprochement between Iran and Saudi Arabia, between Iran and United Arab Emirates. Qatar has been brought back into the regional equation since last year. So in that context, in that regional strategic context, a process of rapprochement between Greece and Turkey will be most welcomed by those actors. And now, will they get involved in facilitating, in pushing for a process of rapprochement? I don't think so in the initial stages, but they will definitely help once a visible momentum is built between Greece and Turkey. So once there is a process in place and once there is a perception, a strong perception that we could be witnessing a sustainable rapprochement, then I think actors will start investing in that. Looking beyond Greece's immediate region, the United States is also keen for talks to resume. This was clear during Secretary Blinken's visit to both Greece and Turkey last month. What does Athens hope to see from Washington on this front? Well, for those familiar with the history of Greek-Turkish relations, the Washington-Athens-Ankara triangle has been, and it will remain crucial, instrumental, I would say. Despite all the talk about the American retreat from the region uh, or American selective engagements in the region, the United States will remain by far the most influential, the most powerful player, and it will remain uh, the actor who can more or less provide stability between Greece and Turkey. It is the only uh, actor capable of promoting, of sponsoring a security design that can stabilize regional expectations, that can balance out threats and neutralize revisionist forces. In Ankara, they know that. And they also know that the improvements of U.S.-Turkish relations are in part subject to an Aegean, uh, remain calm, to Eastern Mediterranean, remain tranquil. And this is the expectation in Athens also. So we should expect a more active U.S. presence. It will be welcome in Athens, especially because a sustainable de-escalation of tension between the two sides of the Aegean is a strategic prerequisite for a much more effective check of Russian and Chinese influences in the wider Middle East. And I think this is the crux of the matter. And I think that an active U.S. involvement in the Aegean can facilitate a rapprochement once it has started, once it is in place. I cannot imagine an actor better suited to help drive this process. Professor Vadis, it's been great speaking with you. Thanks for joining us. Thank you very much. In other news, Greece will hold a parliamentary election on May 21st, Prime Minister Kyriakos Mitsotakis said on Tuesday. The country and its citizens need clear horizons, Mitsotakis said during a cabinet meeting. The May 21st vote will take place under a new proportional representation system, making it difficult for any party to gather a majority. Two rounds of voting are likely, as Mitsotakis has repeatedly said he will try to secure a parliamentary majority without resorting to a coalition government. While support for Mitsotakis' ruling center-right party, New Democracy, has fallen amid criticism of the government's handling of the deadly train crash in February, it still has an opinion poll lead of about three points over main opposition Syriza. 
Finally, Greek police said on Tuesday they had arrested two suspected members of a group that was planning an attack against a Jewish restaurant in Athens, a case which Israel said was orchestrated from Iran. The anti-terrorist agency launched the operation that led to the arrests on information gathered by the country's intelligence service, police said in a statement. Israel's intelligence service, Mossad, said in a rare statement that it had assisted in the investigation. They were aiming at human loss and wanted to undermine security in Greece and hurt its foreign relations, the Greek police said in a statement. That wraps up today's episode of The Greek Current. Thanks for tuning in. Thank you.